the home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, Burns and Gambo, Big Red Monday, Crosstalk. Be in favor of instead of just crosstalk. If it burns and Gambo would just start their show right now. And, yeah, yeah, I see, Paul. And then boom, Wolf, I can just. Are bolt. you really that hungry, Paul? I mean, honestly. I mean, do, do you want me to yell straight up one o'clock? Is that what you like? <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it, Paul. Don't make good, me. Guys. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll just do. to paint you a picture, Wolf said, "Yeah, come on in. You can fill in." First off, I thought it was a two-hour show. He misrepresented. It's a four-hour show, and they said, "Yeah, you know, lunch is on me, etc." I'm looking at a pack of peanuts right now that he threw my way. I mean, what is this like a Southwest flight? I mean, literally, I have a pack of peanuts in my hand. So you know, he gets up to go to the restroom like every twenty minutes. Take the credit card, order something on Uber, and right. bring it to yourself. Uber eats, DoorDash. I mean, the guy done, goes to the Polly, restroom again. Well, Straight now it's up on. 2 the o'clock, David when, Charles Burns. When, when they take a shot, well, they just took a shot at your prostate. I yeah, mean, now, uh, the, now the gloves are off. Okay, Paul, I mean, honestly, you got to be kidding Holy me, right? Cow. Okay, guys, let's get right down Nobody to it, Nobody is please. touching anybody's it, prostate here. Ignore, That's, yeah, you got that right. David Charles, here. ignore, ignore Polly, please. Well, by the way, since you guys asked, um, you know, I did win the testosterone oh, count no. coming off my annual physical last week uh, for the... Is it the eighth year in a row or the ninth year in a row? That's right. Just to let you know. Go ahead. Stop go it. ahead, Wolf. Where are we going to go okay. with this? Burns where, and Gamble. Where do you guys start based on what you saw last night? Where do you start? I, I, I'm Listen, my first thing is concern because driving in and listening to you two guys, <laughs> that story about the Rams and the facility shut yes. down. And I'm like, uh, yeah, the Cardinals just played the Rams, I guess. So my major yes. thing right now is I said this to Burns, you walking in. I got a concern level. If the Rams are, you know, all these guys on COVID, they just shut down a facility. Is any of that going to come back on the Cardinals? So that would be my immediate thought. But, you know, the, the news that you guys broke in with on the Rams shutting down a facility. Yes. I'm So I'm a little worried right now. Uh, I mean, for me, it's, I mean, obviously, the way they're playing at home, the turnovers at home, how everything just seems different when they're at home. But I mean, you're going to ask me what my number one takeaway from last night's game was, and I'll, I'll admit to it, too. I was listening to you guys earlier, and I thought, Paula, you nailed it. In that the stars for L.A. played like stars last mm. night. God, Matthew Stafford was way better than I thought he was going to be last night. Aaron Donald was an absolute offensive line wrecker. Cooper Cup was great. Odell Beckham Jr. was great. Their stars were fantastic. Aaron Donald, after he must have taken that real personal like what they did to him in week four because he blew up the Cardinals. Play after play after play. And then that amazing stat about how Matthew Stafford had never beaten a team five games over 500 in his career until last night. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of stuff you just, you, it doesn't, you know, you look at it and their stars played like stars last night. That was probably my number one takeaway from the game. And why? Why did Matthew Stafford play so well? Well, I think it's pretty easy. A, he was in a balanced offense. Yes. They were able to run the ball. B, they more. protected him. Bingo. And then C, I'll throw this out there. He was in a more multiple offense. They got him out of the pocket, and when they did, it was very effective. There was a next-gen stat that when he was outside the tackle box, he was 4-for-4 four four on passes for 101 yards and two of his three touchdowns. And then guess what? His other touchdown pass was on a play action where he went 7-of-8 on play action. So you get the run game going. Sort of like, oh, I don't know, the Todd Gurley era. But, Paul, how how with a, a backup center and a backup right tackle, two of their starting offensive linemen are out. Where was Chandler Jones last night? I mean, where was he? 
I mean, I, I mean, I, did he make any impact on the game whatsoever? I love Marcus Golden. I mean, well, the lack of a, a pass, sack, Johnny. He you got to see a sack and a forced fumble on on what was really an incompletion. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't. It, it was an why incompletion. Did they call that a fumble. It, I still it, it was can't an incompletion. Even that. And, but, and, and you're on it. I mean, earlier we talked about it. Why didn't the Cardinals' defensive front dominate like the Rams did when you had they were missing the right tackle, their starting center? Why didn't the Cardinals' receivers take advantage of that Rams secondary without Jalen Ramsey? I mean, they absolutely feasted on David Long in week four. They went after him a lot, as we told you before the game, and they did. They tested him. It didn't work as much, but there were a lot of backups in that Rams secondary that was nothing to write home about, and they didn't have nearly the level of success. Kyler now has two primetime appearances, zero touchdown passes, Four picks. Yeah, and the yards were there for Kyler. I, I mean, the, the the downfield plays were oh, there yeah. for Kyler. Whether it was AJ, whether it was whether it was Christian Kirk on a couple of plays. I mean, he was slinging it around just fine. But when it came time for red zone conversions, well, then it was a turnover on downs, or it was an interception. It was when it was time to turn those air yards into points. The Cardinals just kind of gummed themselves up a little bit once they got inside the twenty. And and that was that. As but the the pressure. I mean, Matthew Stafford was clean all night. Aaron Donald yes. had fourteen pressures by himself. I think the Cardinals had ten the whole night. Yes. I mean, they got outbeat in the pressures department by one dude. Fourteen. I know that one dude is a future Hall of Famer, but fourteen to ten. That's just not gonna cut it. No matter who you're playing. Okay, so take a deep breath. Yeah. And there's this Sanderson Ford poll question. And I was shocked by the results. There's three levels of concern. You know, it's sort of DEFCON, whatever. And, and there's highly concerned. There's mildly concerned. There's not really concerned at all. Yeah. 95% of the respondents are concerned, either mildly or greatly concerned. Where do you guys stand? You know, I, I think after last night's game, I just don't know if they're as good as Tampa and Green Bay. So I'm going to say mildly, mildly concerned. I mean, they can beat them if everything goes right and they don't make any mistakes. But I, I just wonder if they are just the third best team or the fourth best team in the NFC and maybe not the first or second best. I'm mildly concerned, too. I'm I'm not extremely concerned. I'm I'm mildly concerned. I'm not going to put my head in the sand and say everything's fine, everything's going to be okay. I I think that there there are some concerns that need to be addressed here. And and I I, I tell you what, schedule-wise, boy, you look at Tampa's schedule, you look at Green Bay's schedule, and then you look at Arizona's schedule – and you got to think achieving that number one seed status is going to be really hard to do. And I got to imagine that a an NFC West rematch in the first weekend of the playoffs is on its way. I, I just I have a feel whether it's L.A. whether it's San Francisco. I think an NFC West rematch in the first round of the playoffs is probably headed the Arizona Cardinals way. Good, bad, or indifferent, I think that's where this thing is headed. Yeah, for me, I I think right now I I would say I'm concerned in regard to the offensive line. The offensive line for the the first time, I think, in a long, long time. Um, I looked at it and I thought, my goodness, this is a nightmare, what is happening right here. The Arizona Cardinals could not run the ball in rundown situation. First and ten, second and one to six. They tried to run it between the tackles like they did October 3rd at SoFi Stadium, and they got shut down, locked down. They got destroyed at the point of attack, and then, of course, they could not keep Kyler Murray from under duress, could not keep that pocket clean. The offensive line, to me, is an area of I, I agree with something Paul said about a half an hour ago. That first play when Aaron Donald picked, pushed yes. Max Garcia back 13 yards <laughs> right into Kyler Murray. I mean, 
tone setter. I, did, I think it was. It was I think it setter. set the tone for the dominant game that Aaron Donald was going to have, for Kyler Murray having to think about him on every single play. I do. I mean, one play can set can set the tone. I think that play, I agree. I think that play set the tone. Think about it. I mean, he's got to worry about 99 the entirety of the Whole game. game. After the first snap, he's right in his face instantly. Yeah. In a yeah. second. Yeah. I mean, he just put the guard on skates. I mean, and I said, you know, it was about midway through the first half. I'm like, if I'm Steve Kime, I'm on my laptop right now. Okay, what guards are going to go in the first round? Um, you know, all of a sudden, I'm updating my top 120, and I'm putting the top three guards atop my draft board. They Honestly, don't do that yet, Paul. I mean. Then again, there's one Aaron Donald. There's one Aaron Donald. So, you know, we'll see. By the way, uh, Jay Will, uh, he confirmed this morning that, uh, that Keyshawn was just waiting for the I told you so moment. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this morning, guys. So just to brace you on that oh, one, Jay Will. Oh boy, you got Hurricane Keyshawn coming your way. Great. Oh, yeah. oh I tried to avoid. I I, I I haven't got on Twitter once today. Not I, once, because I, I have no desire to see anything that has Keyshawn Johnson's name yeah, tagged. I'll tell you what, Paula, you keep him off our tail. Uh, lunch is on me. I don't care what Wolf says. <laughs> nice. I'll, 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 grub, I'll grub hub some stuff over to you right now. Lunch is on <laughs> me if you just keep Keyshawn off my butt today. All right? I'm not in the mood for that nonsense. Yeah. Well, that's great, because right now it consists of this pack of honey-roasted peanuts. So thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, boys. There you go. Burns and Campbell, if only they were taken over for good right now, all the way up to the top of the hour. But no, Cliff Kingsbury is coming up. Ooh. Would you say we have a lot to talk about? We do have a lot to talk about. To the head coach. Yes. Okay. All right. We'll come back. We'll talk more about the Cardinals, uh, where they stand both in the standings the rest of the season and where they stand in regards to the breaking news regarding the Rams. That is next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. See, the Arizona Cardinals went into last night, best record in the NFL. The Phoenix Suns went into last night, the best record in the NBA. Yep. And they both suffered a similar fate at least in the loss column. So let's see what we take away from last night's game, if anything, because uh, that is my inclination that, you know what, I'm not sure you can really derive much from last night, but let's get the expert in here, the TV voice of your Phoenix Suns, Kevin Ray on board. Kevin, how are we doing? In the word of uh, one Homer Simpson, don't (laughs) (laughs) I kind of explained last night for the uh, Arizona sports team, guys. (laughs) I I gotta tell you right now, K Ray, um, I have not been able to watch it. Of course, I got home late. We got home late last night after the game. Tell me about it. What do I need to know about this Clippers game other than don't? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, what I would tell you, Wolf, is just save your time. (laughs) Um, save the trouble, move on to something else because, you know, it was just, look, making no excuses. They, they came in shorthanded, you know, no DA, no book. Right. uh, And of course, no Jalen Smith last night, which, which really kind of stinks considering how well he had played against Boston. So you were hopeful that, you know, he could maybe build on that. And then, once we learned that uh, you know the, the DA definitely was not going to play, it just puts you in a in a very kind of compromised position. Now, 
Having said that, you know, L.A.'s playing without Paul George and, of course, still without Kawhi Leonard, and they didn't have Nicholas Batum last night. But it was just – it's a game that they really struggled early on to knock down shots. You know, it was uh, it was unfortunate Landry Shamit had some really good looks early, but just couldn't knock them down. And Jay Crowder hit some early shots, and then he ran into foul trouble because Jay, for several possessions, had to play – the five spot because JaVale gets the start and you're trying to, you know, rest him a little bit. And so it was just kind of, uh, you know, it, it was a culmination of things. Shots didn't go down early, but having said that, they were still in a position uh, in the fourth quarter to maybe get a win. Uh, they had pulled within 79, 71, despite their shooting struggles. And then just a, a really tough very questionable offensive foul call on Alfred Payton. The bucket went, would have made it 79-73. They waved it off. They called the offensive foul. And then Clippers finished on a 12-2 run and game, set, match. So, you know, you just kind of chalk it up to one of those nights. Uh, Clippers were finishing at a homestand. And, you know, a little bit like the Nuggets uh, first meeting. And the Clippers had something to kind of get a little revenge against the Suns, having knocked them out of the uh, Western Conference Finals. So a lot of factors involved, but now you just quickly flush that one down, and now you got to focus on the Portland Trailblazers tonight. Yeah, the ever-rare game where Cam Johnson is your leading scorer, right? 17 off the bench, and yeah, it was hard to believe the Suns made their first two, took a 2 nothing lead, then missed their next 12 shots, and never let again. But once again, like you mentioned, four of the top five names on both teams were out of this game. So what did it prove? Absolutely nothing. And, I mean, we're right. talking before Christmas. And you know what, K-Ray? I- I'm just going to flat out admit it. I'm waiting for the next Suns-Warriors matchup. I know they got Portland tonight <laughs> and-, and all that. But, I mean, you know, I wonder, have the dog days of the NBA season, because the Suns are good, they know they're good, they've proven they're good. Uh, you know, there's Jay Williams earlier today, right, Wolf? He- he's talking about hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy. That's how confident he is in the Phoenix Suns. Are the dog days going to arrive sooner than we've ever seen before? Because, man, we're just waiting for the playoffs in a stinking mid-December. Yeah, and look, that's, you know, it's certainly something that I think will will be discussed. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. And, look, I, I just think sometimes, much like the the loss to the Warriors there in San Francisco, you know, sometimes the schedule is your friend, sometimes it's your enemy. And um, and then when you throw in just the variety of issues that can pop up, whether it be COVID, non-COVID, you know, regular injuries, uh, you just have to be prepared for, for anything and everything. I, you know, I, I don't know that this team in particular will maybe deal with the, the dog days that maybe some other teams do, Polly, just simply because I think they really do feel like they've still got something to prove. When you, you know, when you listen to a lot of the people around the, the NBA, the so-called experts, there's still this sense that, like, ah, you know, they made it to the finals, but, you know, if this guy would have played, if that guy would have played. And, you know, keep in mind, th- this isn't a, a collective group that has been to the playoffs, you know, let's say five of the last six years. So they don't have that, that mileage on their, on their tread, so to speak. So, I think from time to time it can pop up, but I think for the most part these guys, you know, are locked in and they understand the importance of 
home court. And, you know, you only do that if you can finish in the, you know, especially in the top two, because they saw how important it was for them in the finals. So you know what's coming, K-Ray, right now, uh, Devin Booker. And what is the latest on Devin Booker that you're hearing? Yeah, I, I don't know that there is any latest um, I don't expect him to, to go tonight. Now, I could be surprised, but just based on the little activity that he has had, all, all that we have seen and know of is he's just kind of taking spot-up shots. So that would tell me that you know he's probably still at least a few games away before Man. we start seeing like some real movement up and down the floor. That was you know, my hope is that. The L.A. Clippers weren't hanging out with the L.A. Rams, were they? I mean, the Suns don't have any worries about any kind of COVID protocols or any sort of outbreak or shutting down of the facility. That's a rhetorical question. Don't answer that because, K-Ray, you're going from friend now to foe as the national radio voice of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and after the Cardinals' loss, I'm guessing your Cowboys, there they are. They're pulling up in the rearview mirror, just a game back in the NFC standings. Oh, I'm guessing your Cowboys are smelling some blood in the water right now. Is this the sawed-off shotgun of sports version, Paulie? I love it. <laughs> well, and we, you know, well, he's going to give you that belt high perspective. Okay. Okay. No, I want to. You know, are you the Cowboys? Just real quick, because I know we could spend the next half hour. But what are the Cardinals going to encounter when they go to Dallas uh, on the second to last, the penultimate game of the season? I mean, can we really believe? I, first, I was to say the Cowboys' defense, but the way Dak's been playing, I mean, maybe the bigger problem right now is the Cowboys' offense. Well, yeah. I mean, you hit around on the head. There is there is no denying the numbers say it. Uh, much less what we're seeing uh, that that something is going on, and it's being compounded by the fact that they've just not really been able to get their running game going for a variety of reasons. Zeke, you know, despite saying he's better, he's clearly not a hundred percent. But this is a guy that doesn't want to miss games, and um, so. Yeah, defensively. I mean, that that game Sunday was the first time their entire defensive unit had been together all season long. So that is certainly, you know, gives Cowboys fans, you know, a lot of hope and a lot of promise. But with that being said, look, as you guys know, um, and I've said it, you know, time and time again, if if you're going to win playoff games and if you're going to win a Super Bowl championship, defense is great, but you've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. And the Cowboys have just not been able to do that offensively. And then it's being compounded by a quarterback that, for whatever reason, just isn't seeing the field the way he did the first five, six games of the season. That's good, actually. I'm looking forward to that game more than ever now, yes. based on your analysis. You know what, Kay? I love you, buddy, but, man, I hated the star. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Appreciate good, your time. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay, Kay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kevin Ray right there, your TV voice of the Phoenix Suns. Oh, I hated the stuff. What's that, Wolf? You're going to buy dinner in Dallas in a few uh, weeks? Is that what you're just well, saying over there? We okay. might have to do that, Polly. Oh, Seriously, a little barbecue. Yeah, how about that? Okay. All right. Uh, you know, if I was really up on it right now, I would have been checking to see what Maloney was telling us is going to be up next. And oh, okay. uh, guess what? Uh, with the Cardinals. Having had that opportunity to become the first team in the NFL to clinch a playoff spot, mm, yeah. Uh, Now you go from leading the entire conference by a game to only leading your division by a game and being the number three seed. So what's next as down the stretch they come, not only in the NFL but on this very show, and Cliff Kingsbury around the corner on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports. Cliff.
Hi, this is Marcus Golden, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Sets up, gets hit by Golden. The ball is coughed up. Golden picks it up. You can hear him chirping the entire practice, and if he sees somebody that's not bringing the same intensity to a drill, he'll let him know. Playing with a bunch of dogs, man, a bunch of tough guys that just love football. I'm looking forward to bringing that dog mentality back. Guys flying around, making plays. His nickname is Junk. It's Junk Hurt Dog, I guess. Marcus Golden back. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals. Now. Only contender in for Luke. And if you're ever around Marcus Golden and you hear him down on the sideline, he's always talking about hunting. I'm hunting. I'm hunting that quarterback, all right? Doesn't need any sort of hunting license. He's not up in some deer blind with a shotgun. He's hunting himself some quarterbacks. Sort of like uh, yours truly today, just filling in and trying not to go too easy on Wolf. He's not accustomed to people telling him when he's wrong and then detailing it live on the air. But we don't have time for that because Cliff Kingsbury, and we're going to hear from the head coach momentarily, but first he's meeting the general media, and he just said DeAndre Hopkins is having an MRI for a leg injury. No. no further info. Oh, no. Leg injury, D-hop, oh, MRI. Okay. And that's oh, on the no. heels of the Adam Schefter tweet within the last hour that the Rams have oh. shut down their facility and have entered into the NFL's intensive protocols for COVID. Now, Wolf recklessly and erroneously threw out the word outbreak. Uh, we don't know that exactly. Um, I don't know what kind of brand of broadcasting Wolf is running around here. Uh, if you went to the TMZ <laughs> School Stop of Broadcasting, it. but uh, we're not using the word outbreak. It's irresponsible and reckless. However, the Rams are in a very serious situation when it comes to the NFL protocols. No. And one of the questions we have to pose to the head coach, how might that impact the Arizona Cardinals? No, that is a great question, Paul. I'll let you handle the COVID stuff, Paul. Appreciate That's great. That. That's good for you, Thanks. I think, right there. Um, I'll ask him all the yeah. the hard things. You you go ahead and ask him about COVID, Paul. Um, listen, um I'm not concerned. We came into this beautiful part of the program wanting to talk about concerns and where they are. Because you might um, have to narrow that down. Are you talking I, about COVID? Exactly, are you talking about the loss? Are you talking exactly. about D-Hop? It, it feels that down. so weird. I, I'm concerned about DeAndre Hopkins. No doubt about that. Are you kidding me? An MRI, that's not good on a lower leg injury, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it was that, just leg injury. Paul, I, okay, I added the lower. Don't worry about Once it. I again, think that's probably what the problem is. Uh, that's number one. Don't hold me to that, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm, I'm just saying. The MRI, I'm concerned there. The COVID situation, how can you not be concerned? They shut down their facility building. You were just brawling with this dude for I don't know how many plays. You were at the bottom of a pile. Dudes are dripping all over you. Dudes are bleeding on you. And now suddenly, are you kidding me? You, you've you got this... I, I'm going to call it an outbreak. That's what I'm going to call it. No. For, not here, Paul, for the Rams. So I just they want to shut calm. their facility down. Can I calm your nerves? Please do. Okay, so Cliff Kingsbury is speaking to the media right now, and he did say that they will not have to go into an enhanced COVID-19 protocols despite rising cases across the league and with the Rams. Oh, that's so awesome. So everything is okay over in Tempe right now. Okay, everything is okay right now. Everybody re- – hey, Why'd you have to add the right now in? Well, well, just because tomorrow's coming, Mel. I hope you know that. Tomorrow, tomorrow is coming. Wow. And, and who knows what's going to happen going forward. These guys just... I mean, okay. Dave Pash, admittedly, usually is the pessimist around here. I, I, but Ron Wolfley, my no. goodness. I mean, he's, he's now you're predicting pending doom here's as soon the, as tomorrow. Here's the, 
Well, I'm just saying, Paul. My goodness. There are tests, are there not? Listen. Maloney, are we in I, sweeps? Is this like a sweeps it. month? Is he trying to get I, ratings? You know what, honestly, I, you're... He, this is I, now I know how Maloney feels, trying to actually say something, and Paul talking all the time. Um, we came into this beautiful part of the program, and we we're going to talk about concerns. And I, okay. I am Here not concerned okay. about the Arizona Cardinals You're being not. ten and three right now. Guess what? They got beat. They got beat. By a pretty good team. It happens in the National Football League. If you're telling me suddenly the the Minnesota Vikings came into town and beat the Arizona Cardinals yesterday, I'd be a little concerned, even though it happens all the time. Even though you get beat. And a lot of teams get beat by teams they're better than. Period. This is the National Football League. It happens. I'm not really that concerned about being 10-3. and three. And I know everyone says, well, you, you just lost the number one seed. I hope you enjoy that. Well, you know what? You have no chance to win the NFC West, Paul. You know, yes, a, they do. This yes, a, they do. It doesn't mean it's over, that they can't win the NFC. As a matter of fact, they can still get the number one seed in the NFC. This is the NFL, baby. They could win out and somebody else could lose. Isn't that right, Aaron Rodgers? It could happen. It does happen. You just It's adversity. It's difficulty. It's hard. Sometimes you just got to face it and you got to overcome it. That's right. Give me the bagpipes and play it louder. This is the way that the NFL goes. It's not a bed of roses. I, I, it, am I concerned that they're ten and three? Um, yeah, it's not good that they lost a game, but that it, it doesn't mean they're not going to win the division. It doesn't mean they don't have a claim at the number one seat. They're still in this thing. Why is everybody panicking? Well, maybe it's the three in the ten and three because it's three straight home losses. Okay, Paul, good. It's three straight home losses. You still have ten, don't you? You still have 10 and then 3. It's not like you're 3 and 10, Paul. It's 10 and 3. They, they're going to go on the road, and they're hopefully going to win a game. And I, I just, everybody is out of their mind. I'm not well, that concerned with losing to a good football team because it happens. Could I duck in with it's not so much contingent on your record, but the brand of ball, the caliber of ball you're playing as you get into January? Yes, we could, but we don't have time for that, Ron Wolfley, because I guess you just spoke it into existence about the pending doom because Cliff Kingsbury has also revealed that James Conner is going to have an MRI on his ankle. Okay, just an Okay. Can you beat the Lions? Can you beat the Lions with Eno Benjamin? Yes. Yes. Say yes. Okay, Paul. Uh, That might be where you're tracking and trending. Okay, Bob. We'll find out from the head coach. It's just an MRI. They're just going to look at it, Paul. That's all. Just like D-Hop, they're just going to look at it. Stay positive on that, Polly. All right. What is the level of concern with, forget Wolf and his uh, rant, and how it took him. Shut down the facility, okay? How how it took him three and a half hours to find some energy. (laughs) We're going to ask the head coach himself (laughs) next. As Pauly Pinch hitter once again to carry oh this across goodness. the finish line on a bag of peanuts here, Wolf and Luke on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports. 
Your home for everything Cardinals. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. In the red zone with Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Presented by Earnhardt Hyundai and Ford dealers. No bowl since 1951. All right, here we go. It's the morning after Monday night, and Cliff Kingsbury is our guest. Wolf and Luke, Paulie Pinch hitter here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports. And uh, you tell us, what's the first thing you do after any game? Do you go back? Do you give yourself some time to decompress? Do you launch right into the film? Do you save that for the next day? What is usually your process? Yeah, I try to just collect my thoughts, usually call um, the coordinators, talk through the game, what they thought, get their uh, feelings on it, and then watch it in the morning and be done with it. So you've watched the tape already. What what are your thoughts on that clip? What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I thought we played with tremendous effort. You know, got got ourselves in a hole, but fought the entire game. Uh, just wasn't clean enough in any phase, really. Uh, I thought special teams did some really nice things. Prater had an unbelievable night. Um, but offensively and defensively, some uncharacteristic things that, that really hurt us. And you got to give the Rams credit. I thought they were... Were really good. Um, had a great plan and executed at a high level. That onside kick, Wolf, is a four-time Pro yes. Bowler in special teams. There were four onside kicks executed in NFL's Week 14. I mean, when you're lining up, what do you figure your odds are of actually recovering an onside kick? Not very high. I mean, I know you know the new rule changes. I forget what the percentage is, but it, it hasn't been very good. Uh, but it was executed perfectly and um, big-time play in that moment. Man, I really would love to see the NFL do something to address the onside kick rules, the competition committee, seriously, because it's just, to me right now, it's too much of a long shot to actually recover it, and I don't think that's good for the game. Having said that, um, Kyler Murray, watching Kyler Murray play, watching the tape, your thoughts now that you've seen him play on tape, what are they? Yeah, I thought he was tremendous um, creating. I mean, it was some... uh, under duress a lot of the night. They yes. had a tremendous front. Uh, Aaron Donald was fantastic for them. And uh, he kept a bunch of plays alive, made a bunch of plays, and gave us a chance with the ball in our hands at the end. We just didn't get it done. Obviously, can't turn the ball over. I had a couple times on fourth down that, that we didn't uh, convert. But I thought he, he really battled the entire night. You've played the position at a high level. When the best player in the league, arguably, gets loose on the very first play of the game and bum rushes the backfield, is that something maybe that can get in Kyler's mind? Is he is that something that's a lasting memory that he's got to cope with the rest of the game? Yeah, in this league, um, you got to have a short-term memory when it comes to those things. But you definitely know where that, where that guy's coming from because he, he was all over the place uh, last night. And he affected a lot of the plays we were trying to run. Um, and so you got to tip your hat to the Rams. Cliff, how did the offensive line play overall? This seemed to be, to me, this is just me, the first game that I really think they impacted it in a negative way, to tell you the truth. How did you think they played? Yeah, I thought they battled. Um, you know, I, I think Justin Pugh would be a big uh, deal to get him back at this yeah. point. He, he brings some real veteran leadership to that group. But uh, those guys fought. They're just going to, up against a really good group that was highly motivated from the, the previous game. And um, like I said, i got to give the Rams a lot of credit the way they showed up. And I'm guessing Sean McVay didn't forget the fact that the Arizona Cardinals went into L.A. week four and ran it 40 times for 216 mm. yards. How did they? How were they effective in stopping the run last night? And did their game plan reflect that? Was that something you had to deal with? Uh, yeah, they, they played a solid front most of the night and um, tried to take that, that aspect away, and, and they did a good job of it. We, we kept trying to establish it, but really couldn't get much going outside of you know Kyler running a few Wildcat-type runs, and uh, that's a testament to those guys. 
Did Aaron Donald dictate any of the calls that you made last night? Does it change you as a play caller when Aaron Donald is having the game that he's having, Cliff? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you got to um, get out of some of the stuff that maybe you like dialed up uh, to defeat certain coverages because you think it may take too long. You got to hold the ball. Um, can't get an extra running back out because you got to help inside. So, yeah, in all sorts of ways, he can affect the, the game. I, I saw a stat on Cooper Cup, and he really was a non factor in game one, and they had lined him up in seven different positions essentially on the offense I, I guess that was sort of their thought right they got him in different spots against different guys at different times yeah they they do a great job of that i mean he's one of the best players in the league and doesn't matter who's trying to cover him he, he has a way of getting open i know that you guys have been talking all week about defending the home field advantage of course and playing at home and what your problems might be after this game right now what did you do cliff to prepare differently if at all for this home game yeah we did a few things uh throughout the week and and just addressed it you know and talked about how we can uh try to create a different type of energy for ourselves i thought the crowd was great um and then you look at it and you you lose the packers and the rams and those are two really good football teams too so that has something to do do with it but we'd like to play better and um we got to keep working at it Christian Kirk told us after the game last night that we're going to be harsh on ourselves. That was his quote. You know, that, and I'm guessing that's the kind of accountability you want internally in the locker room. How much of what happened last night is correctable? Most of it. Yeah, most of it. Like I said, the effort um, was tremendous. Played hard, played to win, just um, didn't play clean enough. But the, that's stuff that you can coach up. How concerned are you, Cliff, right now? People, we've been talking about it, of course, all show, and people are talking about it out there. Um, how concerned are you? 10-3, and three, the fact that you're 3-3 three and three at home, you've lost your last three home games. How concerned are you over this? I believe we still have the best record, correct? And then Yes. Okay. Yes. That concerned. Yes, tied for it. Okay, that, that concerned. Yes. All right. Yeah. How about the way the game ended? And I'm talking about two players in particular you were just asked about. Can you give us an update on James Conner? Uh, he has an ankle. Um, went to get an MRI today, so we'll see where that, that stands. Okay. And DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, the same. Um, ha- has a, a lower leg um, deal, and we'll see uh, what the MRI says. How do you want your guys, Cliff, to process this game? How do you want them to process it? Yeah, just see um, the mistakes in the film and be honest with themselves. And we talk about that. You got to be honest with yourselves. You got to be coachable and get it corrected because it's it's all correctable. Um, I continue to commend their effort, how hard they play, but we got to play better. Were you surprised when they had when they were depleted on the offensive line? Do you think maybe you might get a little more pressure on Matthew Stafford? And how impressed were you by the game he turned in last night? Yeah, he was tremendous. Uh, I don't know if the ball touched the ground. He was that good, um, as accurate. As anybody we played, and, and uh, you know, Sean had a good plan and, and helped those guys out up front, moved the pocket, did some different things, and uh, they just executed at a high level. What happened on that pick, that second possession? Because you guys were in a beautiful position right there. What happened on that pick? Uh, yeah, Donald got through and got his hands on it, you know, and he tipped it and um, fell to their guy, unfortunately. Was that the right read? Yeah, yeah, he was going to the right spot. It just unfortunately, Aaron Donald got his hand on it and it batted it down to the linebacker. He made a good play. Pro Football Focus said he had 15 quarterback pressures. Does that sound about right? (laughs) Yeah, I thought he had about 100. Wow. And speaking of the Rams, uh, the headline today, they've closed their facility. They're in intensive NFL protocols. How does that impact the Arizona Cardinals? It doesn't. Yeah, we haven't had any issues, and and until then, we we won't change uh, what we have going on here. Cliff, thanks for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Cliff. Thank you, Cliff. There you go. The head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, on 98.7 FM, 
Arizona Sports. And uh, you heard it there, the update on D-Hop and James Conner. And then uh, as for the COVID protocols, yes, no, business as usual at the Cardinals facility. And if he was concerned or not, uh, you know what he said? I think we still have the best record in the NFL, meaning, of course, 10-3 and in the fact that they are tied with the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with that record. Once again, how many guys are like Aaron Donald? That is a singular challenge so we'll see would it be great to get justin Pugh back absolutely and the head coach acknowledged that there's no doubt about that and keep in mind that when the cardinals had their success in week four yes it was justin Pugh who was part of that effort on the cardinals up front but if there's one thing uh, about the head coach in that locker room they uh guess what they don't skirt the issue and they face it head on so we'll see what sort of adjustments are made this week as they get ready to go on the road where they are 7-0, and so maybe that's exactly what the football doctor ordered to go back on the road against the Detroit Lions. Sometimes you win, Paul. Yeah. Sometimes you lose. Okay, so I guess my work here is done today. Is that what you're telling me? I think me? so, Paulie. So yes, in other words, stifle done. yourself, Paulie Pigskin over here. So, Wolf, uh, good stuff. Appreciate it. And uh, I guess Burns and Gambo, if only they had yes. been up an hour ago, but they're up now here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports. Listening to In the Red Zone with Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Presented by Earnhardt Hyundai and Ford dealers. No bowl since 1951. Your home for everything Cardinals. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.